Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the South Bay Show, South Bay Spotlight, on April 25th, 2019. Live, love, laugh, and leave a legacy. That's what we do here in the South Bay of Los Angeles, and it's a beautiful place to do just that. This segment of the South Bay Show is brought to you by Your Actualized Divisions. A local advertising agency, Your Actualized Visions offers all your advertising needs under one roof. From logo design, business cards, banners, and signage, to online services such as website design, SEO management, promotional videos, reputation management, and loyalty promotions, you name it and Your Actualized Visions will handle it for you on time and under budget. Built on the needs of their clients, your Actualized Visions is competitively priced and economical, saving you money and greatly enhancing your bottom line. At Your Actualized Visions, customer service is all local with one point of contact. No more dealing with robo-answering machines, getting the runaround, or speaking to someone in another country. Your Actualized Visions understands your hyper-local advertising needs and focuses on bringing you real clients. They do not buy likes, followers, or fake results. Your campaigns are real, built with real community followers who want to purchase your services and products. The only thing standing in the way of your company's success is you now picking up the phone right now and calling your actualized visions at 310-413-8773. To learn more about what your actualized visions can do for you and your company, visit the website at youractualizedvisions.com. Your Actualized Visions, your dreams today, not someday. I'm your host, Joe Terry, and you can read all about our many adventures on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The South Bay Show. Persistence, passion, principle, and purpose, that's what we talk about here on The South Bay Show. And of course, I'm not alone because of our great partnership with South Bay by Jackie.com and executive producer of the South Bay Show, Jackie Balestra. Hey, Jackie, how are you today? I am well this morning, Joe. How was your uh, holiday week- weekend? How was your Easter last weekend? It, it was great. It was, uh, the weather was great, uh, and uh, it's just, uh, things are working out really well, and I'm having a great time with my new, you know, kind of job, it's very strange. <laughs> I don't think that's good to <laughs> refer to well, your kind of job as kind of strange. <laughs> I don't know well, about that. It doesn't I'm, sound very promising. <laughs> I'm, I'm working for a Canadian company. This is their first entree into the U- U.S., and it's just the, mm. the cross-cultural thing of working with a Canadian company. But, okay, a- that's fine. Eh? A- eh? A- a- a? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they get that all the time. Yeah, eh? <laughs> uh, well, we had a we had a we had a lovely uh, Easter Sunday, um, and you're right, the weather cooperated because the day before it was just. Did you notice June Clo- June Gloom decided to show up two months early? Right, right. You know, it is. No, it was it was it funny. Was it was um. It was like it was I think it was I think it was a week ago Thursday. I think it was exactly a week ago. Um I got up and I looked out and you know, I went about my morning routine and 
And and and at some point in the early afternoon, I looked out the windows again. And I was like, "What is this? Is this low clouds, or is this fog, or is mm-hmm. this June gloom?" And I'm like, "It's only April. It shouldn't be June gloom yet." And sure enough, it was a wall of gray all day. And then at five o'clock, when the sun popped out, I was like, "Oh my God, it's June June gloom, two months early." Because that yeah. that's that's how it works, right? That's how it works. It's gray all day, and then at five o'clock, the sun makes an appearance. So it's it's, yeah. it's it's officially it's officially you know June gloom. So that's you know, may I don't know maybe it'll come early this year. You know maybe May will be bright and blue skies. Mm-hmm. Maybe June will be gorgeous. You know that's kind of I'm keeping my fingers crossed. You know, we'll see. Right, right. Yeah, I I I love it. it the weather is is kind of nice right now. For me, oh, you see, I don't, I, like I don't it. like it. I don't, I, I don't like it at no. all. I, I do not like the grayness at all. No, 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 no. no. I can do I that. See. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, I'm excited about what we're going to talk about because we really have uh, not uh, had uh, an artist on the show since I think uh, uh, what was that last year? Was it this uh, year? Was the beginning of this? I year? don't. I don't remember. I don't remember. No. I did too many shows. I don't. I don't remember. But I am excited <laughs> about today's show. I'm very excited about today's show because yeah, this is something that I've been aware of for a couple of years, so I'm very excited. Jackie, who are our guests today? Okay, so our guests this morning are artists Michael Collins and Laura Schuller, founders of Shockbox Gallery in Hermosa Beach. Now, Laura is a mixed-media artist living and working in Los Angeles. Her style of art represents an expression of movement and energy that incorporates layers of acrylic paint intersecting with spray paint. Her work gives form to anxious energy and frenetic mark-making that comes from staring at the static noise TV channel between 2 a.m. and 5 a.m. I didn't even know they did that anymore. (laughs) Uh, These (laughs) images recount failure, progress, procrastination, and the magical sensation of dangerous warmth from watching a dumpster fire for the first time. Now, don't even ask what she does with paint chips. Now, born in a shitty town in the Central Valley, Mike Collins was raised amongst dust and misery, themes still present in his work today. Although often hidden underneath sarcasm and girly angst, the reality of his battle with monocular hemiretinal color blindness pushes through every tear, stitch, and imperfection of his meticulous nature. Mike's work is often described as terrible, god-awful, or the worst fucking shit I've ever seen. The folksy approachability of his newer work is often juxtaposed against a foreground of actual use of caution tape, do not enter signs, and or the occasional use of butcher knives and other sharp objects. 2018 marked his final foray into group shows, driving long distances for art events, and his departure from the entire Los Angeles art scene. Declaring that none of his work was ever for sale anyway, this was the year he faded into oblivion. Now, Shockbox was founded by Laura and Mike in the spring of 2017. Their mission was to create a gallery that would serve to put Hermosa Beach on the map of the larger Los Angeles art scene, both as a location that would celebrate artists not only from the South Bay, but from all over the world, and to attract patrons from throughout Los Angeles. Shockbox has accomplished this goal by operating at an unmatched pace and hosting a variety of creatives that range from deep-rooted locals to globally celebrated artists. This effort has helped lead the way with helping attract crowds to the Hermosa Industrial Arts area, 
and brought about the celebration of a resurgence in local makers, shapers, woodworkers, surf shops, and other art galleries. Most recently, Laura and Mike each hosted groundbreaking solo shows, once again proving that these two are pushing boundaries, reaching for the horizon, committed to shock value, and showing no signs of turning back. Now, this morning, we're going to discuss art. Art. We're going to discuss art. The mission of Shockbox Gallery and the Cypress scene. Laura, Michael, welcome to the program, and thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks, Good morning, Jackie. Hey, guys. How are Every, you, every Everybody's there. Good. Good. Uh, we're, we're so glad to have you both. <laughs> is Laura? Yeah, I was thinking while is, you, while, Jackie. I was thinking while you were while you were introducing us that the radio really is the best genre to pull your art. So this will be great. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 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 Michael, uh, people people are not distracted by how handsome you are. And people are not distracted by how beautiful <laughs> Laura is, yes, so that they yeah, can appreciate your they can appreciate your art for its own value and not constantly be looking at that hunk standing next to it. <laughs> so day one, Joe, since day one, yeah, it, it, <laughs> that's the beautiful thing. But Laura, it, it, we're going to have such a good time today because one of my best friends uh, ever from. You know, when she was 16 years old, I think, is an artist in Chicago, uh, and she's now in Michigan. But I, I think of her journey, and I want to ask you, when did you begin to understand that you wanted to do something that other people might consider strange and different? Oh, well, that that happened when I was living in San Francisco, and yeah. out of the necessity of uh, having and wanting to take my work with me as opposed to leaving a city and leaving my work there, it, that's when mm. it started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in what way are you able to transport your work? Well, <laughs> wherever I go, the work comes with me. It's, I'm not leaving it behind anymore. So it, to to preface that I was working as an engineer in the defense world in Virginia where I grew up and lived for a really long time. And I had to give up that career when my husband and I decided to move to California. So um, it was a big adjustment, but so far so good. Yeah. And, and as, as much as I've accomplished um, in, I don't know, the four years that I've been doing art full time, like it's, it's been really rewarding. You know, I have um, to. I no, have to ask. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, Joe. I, I I have to break in there because, Joe, you you started. You you mentioned doing mm-hmm. some doing things people other people might find strange in this day and age, particularly yeah. with art. I mean, do people still judge like that? I I mean, I, you know, the art world blew open a long time ago. You know, there. You know, we, we've we've gone through all these phases, and to me, it just seems. That art today is is anything you you want it to be. I mean, do people mm-hmm. still actually judge people because they're doing something differently? Or, or, or uh, Michael or Laura, maybe you can speak to that. I yeah, I still think people judge people for doing things differently, although probably way less than you know fifty years ago. 
I mm-hmm. just tell you from at Shockbox when we'll have a gallery show, one of the things that Laura and I set out to do from the very beginning was to try to curate and, and host shows that would get people thinking or feeling or reacting. You know, we did a show about addiction, for example, and the artists that we leaned upon to really show up for that show, uh, a lot of them were in recovery themselves or maybe not even in recovery but looking for it. And a lot of the work was edgy. And we paint, you know, painted one of the walls black and had the back room really dark and macabre. And uh, the reactions from people, some of them were upset. You know, a lot, a lot of them were not. A lot of them hugged us and thanked us and were happy that we were able to send a message like that. But I think that art mm-hmm. really shakes people up and that they judge it. But I, I think that's part of the deal. Huh. Maybe maybe I'm just a little Pollyannish, you know. I don't. Yeah, I, I thought that. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, always think that we're past that. I I, I well, I want to uh, echo what Michael was saying and ask you, Laura. Do you still find there to be, you know, uh, sort of barriers and or you know difficulties when you tell people, oh, I used to be an engineer, I was normal once, but now I'm an artist. <laughs> What do people say when you say that, I'm an artist? Uh, when when people know I've done both, they're either like, "That's so weird," or "How do you do that with with your brain? How does your brain work like that?" And I'm like, "It's it's the same thing. There's there's discipline yeah. in engineering. There's there's discipline in in art. I mean, you're running your own business, so if you're not making things mm. and selling things, like." You, you might not be doing so good, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot of parallels, but from what people have unsolicitedly told me many times, they think that's very strange being an artist mm. and an engineer. Cause somehow they perceive that those two things are very opposite. I fact, so there's a lot of similarities. You know, I don't think that's strange at all. I have never thought that was strange. Uh, you know, no, no, only because I know that. Uh, that's, the, you know, that's because you're strange, Jackie. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe that, maybe that, no, maybe that is it. Maybe that is it. I am a little out there, but your brain is wired. You know, music and math and languages are all, all work in the same part of your brain. You know, so, sure. so a lot of times if, if you're really good at math, ten, chances are you're going to be very good at music, you know. And so, mm-hmm. so th- there's a lot of interconnectedness there. I, I see that. I mm-hmm. totally see that. Now, I don't know how that works with m- what Michael. Um, Michael, uh, are you? A, you're a therapist. Yeah, I'm a psychologist. Psychologist. Mm-hmm. Okay, now Joe, mm-hmm. Joe, go ahead and 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 uh, take your teeth and bite into that one. Okay. <laughs> Did you have any good dreams last night, Joe? I I did. And, and Michael, I was flying, and then I was stuck in mud, and then I was covered with all these insects, and they were biting me. What does it mean? I'm going to stop you right there. We should take that offline. That is a really bad sign. And, uh, morning show. We should not talk about that. All right. We're, going, I mean, okay, we're, we're, we're already going off the rails. I had a feeling this was going to happen. We're already going off the rails. Well, but before we... No, no. I want to take this in a different direction. I have to take this in a different direction. Sure. Now, Joe, so Shockbox is located in Hermosa Beach. 
uh, on Cypress Avenue, and it's uh, historically an industrial part of the city. Um, mm-hmm. In uh, uh, was resin there before you opened Shockbox? It wasn't resin. It was something else. It was it was uh, something it was designed. Her design. Yeah, Hermosa her most design. A guy dis- named Steve Rineker has a business down there. Yes, yes. So, so, so this it was it was it was kind of a, 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 a not a gallery so much as you know they sold merchandise, but it was it was artistic merchandise, you know, uh, different stuff from different parts of the world and. And that eventually, well, they had shows as well. And then I think it eventually morphed into a gallery <laughs> full time. And um, Resin is working with um, the art, the collective. Uh, somebody tell me what is the proper name? Hermosa Beach Artist Coll- Collective. Is that it? Yeah, I think they mm-hmm. changed their name to the South Bay Artist Collective, and that that mm-hmm. that uh, metamorphosis from what Steve was doing with Hermosa Design. You know, he had been hosting local art shows down there for, I don't know, two or three years before mm-hmm. before the Artist Collective did a couple of pop-ups in there and then eventually took up permanent space. But, yeah, that's the that's the house of the uh, South Bay Artist Collective. And then there's a couple people that teach art classes to children out of there, and they're doing some cool community events. Yeah. So, so, so Shockbox opened up, it's literally right next door, right? What, yeah, there, there's a plumber in between us, but yeah. There, there's a plumber in between you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, it, jo, Good place for a plumber. It, there's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's not so much a street as an alley, or it is a street, but it feels like an alley. And 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 Shockbox is having these events. They're they're you right. know they're doing these shows, and you know I've gone to several of them and. It, it's a small space, so everybody spills out into the street. And I right. guess you know, along that strip, there's there's other industrial. There's I think there's a surfboard shaper, and some other people down there. You can tell us about. And it's like every time they do a show, the whole block gets in on it. Um, I was down there for I'm trying to remember what show it was, but a couple of to- doors doors down, they were showing a movie on the wall of a, of a, of a building there. And, and, and there's musicians and people are just wandering up and down the street. It's such a great scene. Um, Hmm. Laura, Mike, can one of you, can one of you expand on that and tell us how that, how that came to pass? Mike, why don't you take that one? Yeah. Uh, You know, Jackie, just for one second, I'll, I'll go back to the last time I was on your show. Uh, when when the when the oil issue was bubbling in Hermosa right. Beach, one of the things that uh, everybody was talking about was that area, obviously, because that was the area in question. And the people that were working with Keep Hermosa Hermosa would often say that we we just feel like not only do we think that we didn't want to have oil drilling there, but that maybe there was another way to celebrate that area, spruce that area up and do something down there that would attract people. Um, so the opportunity presented itself uh, for, for Laura and I to have space down there. But long before that, you know, starting in, in the 50s with the surfboard industry, uh, Greg Knoll and Bing Copeland and Hap Jacobs, and mm. a lot of these guys that are, that are true, true pioneers of not only the sport of surfing, but definitely surfboard manufacturing 
started right. shaping surfboards down there. And that's a legacy that continues to this day. The, um, you know, that the building that you said was showing a, a movie on the wall, Jackie, that's, that's a Cypress surf shop. And that's also the Mangiali glassing factory, which is where all the Becker surfboards are shaped, Dan Cobbley shaped surfboards down there. It's really, really one of the most historic surfboard manufacturing companies in the world. And I'm telling you that because what we're doing at Shockbox or what they're doing at Resin is nothing groundbreaking. We're just we're just one more group of creators down there that are doing something that's been done in that region for a long time. And I think mm-hmm. what's what's changing is that the community is really getting behind you know, if you want to call it the arts, you know, and, and we like to refer to that area as the industrial arts area because there's Mm-hmm. Woodworkers down there, metalsmiths, uh, surfboard shapers, musicians. You know, there's a couple of music studios down there, and uh, mm-hmm. my friend Kevin Sousa is working on something down there now called the Hermosa Music Company. So, I think you're going to mm-hmm. see a lot more people milling about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's this it's is, it's such a great exciting. scene. It's yeah, it's such a great scene down there, Joe. I mean, if you have not been down there. You have to, you know, just go on to Shockbox and, and, you know, check out their schedule of events and stuff, or or you could just look at my website. Um, I'm discovering mm-hmm. so many of my friends don't even look at my website. Uh, you know, they're asking me about stuff. I'm like, hey, you read my website? And they, and they look at me like, what? I'm like, whatever. Anyway. Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, as I said, I, I went down for um, uh, Cat Monk had a show down there uh, right. like last year. And um, boy, tr- yeah, you're doing you're doing incredible stuff down there. I mean, I'm, I've been personally, I've been exposed to to new artists down there with what you're doing, and just we mm-hmm. had Cat Cat on the show, we had her on the podcast, um, and it, as you said, Mike, you know, it's one thing to talk about your work, but you can't see it on on the podcast, you know. So, how many times, Joe, have we had guests on and they're telling us about it, and we're like, oh, we have to go, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. so, so. It, I've actually, it's become a little bit of a thing for my husband and I. A lot of times you guys do a thing on a Friday night. We'll get another couple or two. We'll we'll all go down to the show, hang out on Cyprus for a while. And then we, you know, we, we'll go into downtown Hermosa and have something to eat. Right. It's become, it's become kind of a regular little date thing for us. Um, mm-hmm. Very, you know, very, yeah, really, Joe, yeah, you have to go. That's been, I, I love, been something that's I love been, the, Go on, Michael. Jackie, just <laughs> to your point, that's been that was another goal of, that Laura and I had when we started reaching out to other artists to to show at Shockbox. <clears throat> we wanted to have a combination of, you know, sort of deep rooted locals like Cat Monk or Brent Broza or Keone Boyd, and then we also wanted to attract people from other parts of Los Angeles or other parts of California. Or we even had a guy come in from the Netherlands <laughs> for a group show. And the coolest part mm-hmm. is when the out-of-towners show up to drop their work off. They they are immediately like, yo, what's going on on this street? What's going on in this town? Um, and a lot of them will come in and do exactly what you and your – what you do, Jackie, is they come to the show and then walk down to dinner, walk back to the show. Uh, mm-hmm. So the area is really – you know, there's really a cool spotlight on the area right now. What what, yeah. what I like to – what I like to focus on when we talk about, you know, the Cyprus art scene and, and of course the history, Michael 
gave us some of the history there is this is the real Hermosa. This is the real South Bay when people talk about shaping surfboards and Hap Jacobs. I mean, people from all over the South Bay and certainly from Manhattan Beach uh, will will talk about how the boys uh, from uh, Body Glove, uh, you know, where did they get their boards? They probably got them from, you know, somewhere in Hermosa or it was just it was the well thing. body glove had their yeah. yeah body glove body had glove. their their they were down there too they i, I don't know that they were in cyprus yeah. but they were down in that area yeah. for most of for years yeah yes, they that, were well, the 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 storage area and now it's a now it's like a right. mini storage that used to be a big body glove factory right right yeah yeah it's it's, yeah. it's the history there this is the real Hermosa, so I can't. I can imagine that people come from like the Netherlands or other places, and they land here and they say, "Oh my God, it still exists. The the creative well, energy is still there." You know something? the The first show I went to on Cyprus, and I I be honest, I don't remember if it was resin or shot. I don't remember which one it was, but the first one I went down to there, it was the whole street. You know, the whole street, all of the, everybody was involved. And everybody, as I said, everybody is, it's out, is out on the street, you know, it, right. because it's just right. natural that people, the overflow happens. And I came home that night and, I, you know, I think I went down by myself because I came home and I was telling my husband about it. And I said, it was classic Hermosa. You know, yeah. it was classic Hermosa, the whole scene. And, and I wrote a blog post about it. You know that I post uh, posted a couple of days later. I was like, you know, this is this is there's history here. There's you know there's there's background. There's and and there's new fresh energy coming out of this area. And and I remember thinking, we don't have a lot of this. It's what is the word I'm looking? It's authentic, is what I, the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. Mm-hmm. I found it. Mm-hmm. I found it very authentic. And. Mm-hmm. Do you, Mike, Laura, Laura, do you do you get that as well? Go ahead, Laura. Yeah, yeah, I I do because it. I mean, it's primarily locals, but but then there's also you know from from the very beginning it was it was our locals, our regulars, but but now we started to see that you know there's some there's some outsiders coming in. So like we're it is authentic, but we're also bringing in people from other areas of LA and out of town and kind of sharing that vibe with them. But the best thing is that they can also be a part of it and it's still authentic. It's still Hermosa. So I also wanted to add that having a plumber, you know, right next to our art gallery also makes the whole Cypress Avenue very authentic. Very authentic. (laughs) Very, very authentic. (laughs) Yeah. You you can't have art galleries without a mix of plumbers and, you know, other, other interesting businesses around you. But yeah, it's definitely Hermosa. And I guess yeah, I, I would encourage people to show up just to experience yeah. what we mean by that. Yeah. It, and well, and you, people yeah. at home, I'm sorry, people ahead, at home ahead. that are no, listening, no. people at home that are listening can go to shockbox, double X, shockboxproject.com with two X's. And uh, you're going to find um, the the gallery website and you can get on the list. You can go to the, uh, homepage and see uh, some uh, thing about the program and about uh, the artwork there. 
it's uh it's pretty impressive. It really is. Very impressive. It is. Uh, the, it is. The, or, I have no. Jeff, Can I ask something, Jackie? Yeah, yes, absolutely. So, you know, Laura was talking about the authenticity of the street and the plumber. And I don't know, I don't even know if you and Joe are aware, but we're having some growing pains down there. Are you aware of those? I, I, okay, I am, Ooh, and yeah. that's on my list. That Wait, that is on my list of things to discuss. <laughs> I have, no, it is, and but I want to do a I'll quick wait. station break, Joe. Let's do a yeah, let's quick do station yeah. break, and there are a couple, yeah, the, I have a list of things here I want to go through. That's one of them, so let's do a quick station break, and when we come back, I'm not going to start with that. I have a couple other things I want to get to first, okay? Okay, right. cool. Great. Right. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the authentic South Bay show, um, coming to you live every uh, Thursday at 8 a.m. Uh, right here in the South Bay, and uh, we talk about uh, current events and uh, whatever is going on uh, right here in the South Bay. Uh, we also have a show on Fridays at 8 a.m., uh, the uh, Manhattan Beach Chamber 360, focused on the business and mm-hmm. happenings in Manhattan Beach. Uh, so we'd love for you to join us, share this, podcast with everyone you know share it with your friends neighbors relatives all over the world doesn't matter uh you can share it with anyone uh please do that and we're going to get right back to the the authentic uh hermosa scene (laughs) and (laughs) jackie yeah no no it's 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 it can be difficult to find authentic anymore i mean you know It is. I mean, I've lived in Southern California for 35 years. Michael, I, I, I think you're a native. Um, but it's amazing how much things have changed just in the time I've been here. Um, but before we, as I said, there's several things I want to discuss here. We, we're going to, we want to get information on your upcoming shows as well, but we'll do that later. Michael, when you said keeping it real, all right, that is so difficult to do. Um, it, it, it is, it is. And, and an example of it, an example of it is, uh, are, are either of you familiar with the El Segundo art walk? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. I think Laura, I think, I think I may have met you at that. Yeah. I think, yeah, <laughs> you're yes. right. Okay. I, I think that's where we met originally, but you mm-hmm. know, it was a grassroots thing, you know, Holly Socrates, just opened a gallery down on Main Street in El Segundo, and she she realized there were so many creative businesses in, in that area in Smoke, Smoky Hollow, and it was just a grassroots thing that a handful of people came together and made that happen, and I got to tell you, I was so impressed with it. I went to every show the first three years, I think it was. They do them the third Thursday of the summer months, June, July, and August, and I went to every show, and I, and I raved and raved and raved and raved about it. It's an incredible event, but it changed. Last year, it changed. Uh, there were some changes the year before, but last year, there were big changes. became much more commercial. Not finding it as authentic as it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's gotten a little bit away from its roots. Don't get me wrong. It's still a fantastic event. It's just not what it was the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Michael, no, it's a, I, or I, Speak to that. So, you know, speak to that. How do you how do you keep something like the industrial arts scene real? You know, um, that's a great question, and 
I don't know the specifics of, of what's happening with the El Segundo Art Walk, but I can imagine and I can tell you what it might be like for, for what's happening on Cyprus is it's easy to keep it real when you don't have any money <laughs> and, you're, and, you're, mm. and you're pouring your blood, sweat, and tears into it. And I think specifically with creatives, you know, artists, musicians, surfboard shapers, you know, a, a lot of these things are passion projects. And I know, I know for, mm-hmm. for small galleries like Shockbox, um, Laura and I ponied up our own cast for that and, and our own vision. And you get the, you know, the community gets behind it to a certain level, but then there's a point where the community's looking at you saying, do this next, or we should do that. And as you start to have those growing pains, there needs to be an influx of, of patrons, right? I know that El mm-hmm. Segundo Art mm-hmm. Walk, as it grows, probably starts costing more and more money. And uh, it, it becomes mm-hmm. more difficult to stay on message when, when you have other people mm-hmm. putting their money in with you, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, I well, well that's what happened there. The first couple of years they didn't charge artists or anything. They just connected the artists with the businesses and 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 the business owners were just everybody got it, it was it was so natural the way it all came together, you know, and yeah. and and then after a couple of years they started charging artists um right. to to exhibit and then last year they put up a big tent in a parking lot and and there and there's like a beer hall now you know and and live right. music mm-hmm. which, which which has taken away there were people that just went to hang out and drink beer and listen to music they didn't go to see any of the art yeah so said that. you know and and <laughs> and you no know, and you're right they got money you know sponsors came in and it, as i said it was all very grassroots at the beginning and then money started coming in and it and it's changed so yeah. i'm just mm-hmm. You're right about keeping it real when you don't have any money, and and that's it's that's a, the that's the the balancing act. It's an interesting conundrum. Laura and I are experiencing it with with Shockbox, and I know a lot of other small galleries experience it. It's, you know, it's it's about charging artists money to be in shows, or you know, you you start out the beginning of the month, and there's a there's a certain amount of money that you need to bring in just to break even, right? To keep the lights on, to advertise mm-hmm. a show, to do things like that. And we are artists ourselves, and so we try to really be supportive of the people that come into our shows. And and I think that if you if you spoke to most of them, they would really they would tell you that they feel like we celebrate them and we advertise them and, and we really try to make the shows about them. Um, but I have heard some, heard people talk that, you know, certain artists won't be in a show if they have to pay a $20 entry fee or a $40 entry fee that they feel like that the galleries should just strictly exist on the, on sales, which, which becomes mm-hmm. kind of a, if we could solve that problem on this show today, there would be, hundreds of thousands of artists and galleries <laughs> around the world celebrating that. <laughs> well, that's the, that, that's the old model. You know, that's the old working yeah. model. You know, the gallery gets a percentage of the artist's work. You know, but, I, you know, today, this day and age, all the, the old models are all crumbling. You know, people are thinking yeah. outside the box. You know, so, so I don't see anything wrong with trying new ways of doing things, you know. Um, yeah, I... I, 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 I I have an idea for you. I want there to be a subscription that I pay for, and it can be a very inexpensive subscription, let's say $19 a month, 
for that, not only do I get notices of all the all the shows coming up and, you know, tickets for the shows, perhaps, uh, but I get a free piece of art, not an expensive piece of art, a free piece of art, uh, you know, once a quarter or something like that. And it doesn't, it, it, it's up to the artist, what, you know, or the, or the gallery, what they provide that's a free piece of art. It can be a large piece. Some artists may be interested in providing uh, a large piece of art that's going to go out to multiple people throughout. And, and maybe it's going to be a reprint or something like that. I think engagement is something that all businesses are struggling with today with, with, with uh, you know, uh, uh, small businesses trying to figure out their social media strategy. Is it Pinterest? Is it Instagram? Is it Facebook? Is it, you know, Google search? What, where does my business fit? All businesses are struggling with engagement. But with artists, you guys are special because you could actually produce something literally almost out of whole cloth, so to speak, or out of, you know, ether, and then provide that as a value, as a, as a, as a, uh, a token for people to, to rally around and say, I got this great thing. And, uh, from my subscription at Shockbox, you got to really get your subscription. So you get great stuff. Every month or two, they send you something really I like great. That. It's like the uh, the experience economy. I like that, Joe. Yeah, it is. Well, something everybody's like looking that. for experience. Everybody, everything is about experience right. now. Right. You know, right. I, Joe, you're you're not kidding. It. You know, the, especially brick and mortar. You know, it's it's not just about putting your merchandise on the shelves and hoping people are going to walk in the door. Um, anyway, retail is completely different today. Retail is is yeah. in a a huge it, transition. It has to be. If it wants Laura, to survive, Laura it, has, has, it has to be. Laura's done a good job going back to her being an, uh, an engineer and having both sides of her mind activated. Laura's done a good job with the social media presence and selling art online, as has um, a couple of our other program artists like uh, Preston Smith and I think Sarah Svetlana. They, the three of them have a have an online presence with other online auction houses or just ways that they move their art that has been pretty successful. Cool. Yeah. Well, you have, um, yeah, you have to be, you have to be. Can you, can you so, tell us a little bit about that, Laura? Uh, about selling art online. Uh, selling art <laughs> online. Yeah, please. We want to know about the business of art. How, how is it that artists can integrate what they do into social media? Tell us about that. Well, I think I think a big part of, of selling art is inviting people into your world. And back to that point of authenticity, I think it's inviting someone who may not be familiar with a process or with that, I would say, microculture or, or that style and giving them sort of like an inside perspective as to what it's like to be an artist. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, maybe you're sharing stories on Instagram of, of what your day-to-day is, or maybe you've done a time lapse of, of how you paint without giving away your whole process, just, you know, a, a snippet of, of what it's like to, to be that. And I, I think what's attractive to people is 
maybe not necessarily the lifestyle of being an artist, but just just being able to understand how people create things. Like that, the there's a show called How Things Work. I think you know you can find out how Crayola mm-hmm. crayons are made, and that's pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that. The selling of the art really comes to how you put yourself out into the world because people aren't just going to look at a painting and be like, wow, I love that. People are going to look at you, your authentic self on the internet, on Instagram, on Facebook, and be like, I really like what that person's doing. I really like how they're sharing something that is really personal and uh, intimate in their day-to-day life. It's really that connection that that I think helps sell the work. Um, I don't think putting your work out there just to put it out there is, is I don't say it's inauthentic, but having a story mm. about what you do is is where I think it is. I uh, what Laura, what I would like to ask right now is just I, I just want to mention some names: Mike Collins, Dennis Dugan, Jack I, George. Mazzy, Mazzy McGregor. People. You know those people. The I know Theodosia so Marchant, Scott Meskel, mm-hmm. Preston Smith. When when I look at this list of artists in Shockbox Gallery, there is a wide range of styles and ethoses, ethos, multiple ethoses, <laughs> multiple ethoses. Mm-hmm. This is uh, truly a treasure. Um, if people just look at this, they'll think they're going to really love. And uh, I uh, and it's right here in Hermosa. This I'm looking at one. Oh, I, I should. I'm looking at one called Orgy. That was very interesting. Um, <laughs> of course you are, Joe. Of, of course you are. Yes, I was. <laughs> of course. Of course, it of just, course you are. It, it drew Who my attention. I don't know why. <laughs> that's a I think that's one of right? yeah, that's yeah, a Theodosia yeah. piece. Okay, listen, you guys, we only yeah. have 15 minutes left, and there's a couple of things I'm going to get to now. Okay, I go. did read something, Michael. I read something mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was, I don't know if it was online or in a local paper. Yes, I still read the local papers. Um, about some people not being thrilled with what's going on on Cyprus. Can you can you tell us about that, please? Yes, I will. Um, I'm going to rewind one second. Joe, that Theodosia is one of our program artists. She has a yeah. solo show on March 18th um, in downtown Los Angeles. We'll get that info up on our website. May, 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 not March, March is already gone. As as does Preston Smith at Shockbox, but we'll get that up on the website. So, uh, yeah, Jackie. Yeah. Um, So what's happening, what's happening on Cyprus, you know, it goes back to what you were saying. You come down to Cat Monk's show or Brent Rose's show or Dennis Dugan's show and people are, spilling out into the street and that seems cool. And we like that, right? City, I do. Uh, you know, there's, there's various <laughs> issues down there and, and that's an area that's in flux and the city is, uh, you know, as part of plan Hermosa, which is the update to the general plan, they are working to <coughs> figure out just, just how to codify that and just how to make that something that we can celebrate. But in the meantime, uh, 
because you know how Hermosa is, right? We always have to have something to fight about. Um, yes. yes. An, issue, <laughs> an, issue, an issue raised its head uh, with another business on the street. Uh, there's a CrossFit gym up the street. And they were having, having some difficulties with uh, maybe with noise vibrations and some other stuff and got involved in a lawsuit with the city. And they named Shockbox as an example of somebody that was getting to do whatever they wanted as opposed to following rules. And so that forced, uh, forced the city to have to take a look at the people standing in the street and some things like that. And, um, mm-hmm. and so we, that, I think what you read about was some of those growing pains because we had an art show that we didn't have the right permit for and the people spilling out into the street was something that's not allowed yet. And so we had to push that, you know, we had to get back in line. And then the, the other gallery, Resin, had a similar issue with an art show where they <clears throat> didn't have the right permits in place. So uh, the trigger got pulled on that because of the lawsuit. And the city is, is doing a wonderful job of helping us uh, work with them to figure out how to make this get right back to how, how you like it, Jackie. Uh, mm. One of the things that's in the one of the things that's in the work right now is an example of that is the city wants to help us on June first. They're gonna they're gonna this isn't 100% inked yet, but I think it's gonna happen. They want to just host a block party, like an open house, so that so that we can close the street and so that all of the businesses down there can sort of roll up their doors, turn on their lights, and invite everybody in. Not just to the art galleries, but to the to the right. woodworking studios, to the plumber's place, to the surfboard shapers, and let everybody crawl around and, and just see how much creativity is happening down there on a daily basis. Um, right. And then I think going forward, the solution for that, for Shockbox, is, you know, we, we have a good sense of which art shows are going to spill out into the street now and which ones are going to be a little more tame. And we mm-hmm. should just coordinate those big shows to block parties. So you know how you say El Segundo has right. sort of a first Thursday in the summer. I think that's probably mm-hmm. the right. future of, of Cyprus is that we start mm-hmm. having these coordinated bigger events, and then that kind of makes room for the smaller ones to exist as well. This, yeah, this I think you're absolutely like right. You guys it, are growing up. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It well, sounds like you guys are yeah. growing up. That's when you have the growing pains. Is when you're growing up, Joe. That's that's how it works. Well, no, you're right, and yeah. and 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 that's a model, uh, Michael. That's a model that's used all over the world. Uh, uh, what do they call them? Uh, not gallery nights. Uh, gosh, they're everywhere. I I've been to them in Santa Fe and uh, New York. You know, other places where all the galleries, uh, gallery crawl. What the heck do they call it? I'm blanking on it. Is it gallery crawl or gallery? Artwork. Say again. Yeah. Okay, but it it used to be strictly like the classic galleries, you know, where a lot of towns have a street or, you know, a a, a couple of streets close to each other where on a Thursday night, you know, the third Thursday of each month, people go from one gallery to the next gallery and they have their wine and cheese and stuff. And, yeah, that that model's worked for years. So if you can get you know, the city to work with you on that, that, that would be, that would be fantastic. The, the that city would be, that would be 100% great. interested in doing that. It was, it really became a dust up with, with what was going on with the neighbors up the street, you know, that other business. Oh, that's right. 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 That yeah. is we just got bad. caught in the crossfire. Yeah. Right. That, that's too bad. Well, listen, give us, um, 
tell us about uh, upcoming shows. Tell, tell us what you've got on the calendar. What's on the schedule? What you got, Mike? I got this, Laura. So on June yeah. 1st, uh, we're going we're gonna to have a show, a program show. So the city is going to, we're going to hopefully do this block party. And Shockbox's contribution to that is going to be that those artists, Joe, that you mentioned, uh, will do a yeah. show with their work on June 1st. Um, and then uh, before that, on May 18th, one of our one of our program artists, Preston Smith, is going to have a solo show. That's the next big thing that we're doing at Shockbox. And then after that, we're going to start running the rest of our artists through with solo shows and, and group shows. So you'll see something really soon from Scott Meskel. I think that Sarah Svetlana wow. wants to do something in, in the fall. And uh, Laura and I need to talk about some upcoming group shows and things like that. But you can expect what, that we'll keep what, moving the needle. What I, what I, what I, what I, my first impression of Preston is that, first of all, he is an important artist. But the way he prices his things, like Cosmic Ripple, it's only 140 bucks. I mean, I think he's he's uh, he's a little bit. He needs a manager, so that the manager <laughs> sets the price, and he doesn't have to think about it. And the manager thinking thinking, I'm I'm going to get 10 percent instead I of 140. Joe, this I, needs to be 1400. I, I yes. Joe, Joe, I, I'm just I'm just yes. going to give you one piece of advice. Buy it now. Buy yeah. it now. Buy it early because right, right, right. I made the mistake. I fell in love with Brent Bros's work, and I think I think the first time I may have seen him was at the El Segundo Art Walk. I I saw a piece of his I absolutely fell in love with, and I was hemming and hawing over the price. I was like, oh yeah, I wish to God I had bought it, because you know <laughs> he you know he's a big famous guy now. Now I can't afford his artwork anymore, but get it while you can. Because, no, if you love it, get it yeah. while you can because you won't be able to touch Beautiful. it in a few years. Jackie, that's a great point. And there's a there's a documentary that I love, and I think Laura does now too. It's called The Cool School. It's about a gallery uh, back in the 50s and 60s, the Ferris Gallery. It was in Los Angeles. And it was just a little spot that, you know, let's say that it was like Shockbox. And they had a group of artists coming through there that went on to be the most influential artists in the Los Angeles art scene. Ed Rache, Ed Moses. Uh, Kenny Price, like Frank Gehry was part of it. And that that's something that you look at at Shockbox, with, especially w- with our program artists, is that right now there's a dozen or so artists that, that frequently show at our gallery whose we are watching their prices rise. And we are watching mm-hmm. them start to have solo shows. And so there, there absolutely is – is another Brent Broza. You know, Dennis Dugan had a show there. He's a, he's, he had a really successful show there. Um, and there is an opportunity for people to buy art right now that will go up in value. And to that end, there's a show that, that Laura, Laura's working on for us to have at Shockbox that, that's on the, along the lines of like the art collector startup kit. <laughs> so Joe, mm. you come in and why does Preston sell a small piece for a hundred bucks? because he wants you to buy it so that he can start to develop that relationship with you, right? Buying art is intimidating for certain people and price points can right. be really intimidating. So if you can, right. you, know, you get in and you get that original piece of art and 
you know, if you hang that on your wall, it has a different feeling than something that you buy at, at you know, at the print shop or, or a reproduction or, or a piece of art from Bed Bath & Beyond. You know, it's just different when you have something that you know a person who you had a conversation with made. Um, and, and so we've and that, if, Go ahead. If it, if it grabs you, Joe, if you see something yeah. and it, you, it has a, a visceral effect on you, you grab it while you can. Don't 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 question it. Just if it if if it touches you in that way, you just do it. Right, right. I think yeah. You know, I'll get that I, orgy piece. Yeah, yeah. Have your orgy. <laughs> you deserve your orgy. Absolutely. <laughs> I, do, I do. Thank you, Jackie. You do. No, absolutely. You go I for it. I deserve no, either it, my orgy or my cosmic ripple. One or the other. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's, you know, you know, back in the day, you know, you had to be a snob to appreciate art. I've never believed that. I've always believed that if you see something and it touches you, however, however it does, you know, that that is as valid as any art historian. You know, that feeling is as valid as any 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 professional's opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I have stuff. I have several pieces by an artist that was up out of Big Sur um, that I bought gosh, 30 years ago, that I mm. still love. I, 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 mm-hmm. To this day, I love it, you know. And, um, and that it's visceral, you know. So yeah. Yeah. you have to go with it. You have beautiful, to go with it. Beautiful stuff. Just amazing now, stuff. I, yeah, so, so um, okay, so I think we touched on everything on my list. Michael Aurora, is there anything – Else, any any other topic that you wanna you wanna bring up or discuss that um that I don't have on my 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 checklist? <laughs> what? Any? Uh, I'll just mention that if you guys missed or somehow didn't see the the spring March issue of South Bay Magazine, it was like a Cypress Avenue takeover. So. Mike and I, for Shockbox, we had an article. Uh, there was an article about a really well-known uh, artist with Brazilian roots who's here in Hermosa. Her name is Drica Lobo. She was in the article. Um, and what I liked about that magazine, that issue specifically, is that they kept the surfers, the shapers on Cyprus, they kept them on the cover of the magazine, Yeah. Um, which, you know, we're kind of there to support that area and, you know, maybe – change it slightly or just bring some different patrons to the area, but they really honored, you know, who's been there the longest. And, and I think that's really important. So if you haven't seen that issue, it's out there, it's online. Um, South Bay magazine, March issue. Okay. Well, I have to, I have to admit here that I read that issue and that's when I put you on my list to have you on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. I have to admit well, yeah, yay, yay South Bay magazine. <laughs> yeah. yeah no i i yeah. read your article i was like uh, you know I, I and i'm familiar with both of you i just did i didn't really know the backstory so i read that and i was like oh i need to have them on the podcast so ta-da here we are yay well thanks yay. jackie yeah yeah, yeah I, now, or- i'll just reiterate what laura said is that 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 area and hermosa beach you know if you go back to west coast jazz and and skateboarding, surfboard shaping, punk rock music. You know, we have a long history of creativity coming out of here. And uh, Jim Lindbergh from Pennywise, he was at, at Brent Rosa's show, and he pulled me aside, and, and he was he, we were having this conversation, and he said he really, really wanted us to step on the gas 
and celebrate what we're doing at Jockbox. And he would, you know, he's been all over the world. And he said, you know, you go to other, other, other states or other countries and you, and you see all these people mimicking Southern California culture, right. With, with what they wear, with the music that they listen to. Mm-hmm, and Jim mm-hmm. said, he's like, dude, that's not Southern California culture that they're mimicking. That's South Bay culture that they're mimicking. Ooh. If you start, if you start looking at, at, you know, we think too small in Hermosa Beach or in the South Bay that we're, you know, that, that we're kind of keeping it, that we're, you know, we're having this conversation with one another, but this, the mistake that we make is that we fail to realize that we're, we have the capability of reaching the entire planet with what we're doing. And um, that's, that's something I just want to remind anybody that's listening is that, you know, we actually have the world's attention with what's going on in the South Bay. Oh, yes. Um, we've learned that, haven't we, Joe? Uh, you, you know, that's yeah. one of the things about about doing this podcast. We've been doing this podcast for almost eight years. And Joe and I have learned you cannot believe how many things started here in the South Bay. And and it's not right. a new thing either. It's been going on for decades. And, and, and Joe, I mean, it's like every month we learn something that we didn't know. And we're like, really, that started right here in the South Bay? And, yeah, no, we, we get that. We, we totally get that. Yeah, and right. that area, you know, we've had, I did a, a solo show recently, and the, the, a lot of the pieces were humongous, you know, 8 feet by 11 feet or, and things like that. And what's cool about being down there is I just walked right across the street to uh, Chip Herway. He's a woodworker there. He's, he made all of the frames for my canvases. And, there's pe- you know, there's people down there that, you know, we can lean on one another for what we need in the, in the creative world. The, the original surfboard shapers, when they went from wood to fiberglass, it was because all of those kids' parents worked in the aerospace industry, right? So they had access to, to foam and to fiberglass and to resin, and that's, that's how those components made it from where they worked into the surfboard industry. Um, so the, mm-hmm. the ability to cross-pollinate and influence one another is awesome down there. Okay, there you go. I didn't know that either. I had no idea. Wow. Um <laughs> No, seriously, great show, uh, Shockbox Gallery. What is the address there? Do we have an address? Yeah. Is it oh, an address? address. 636? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 636 Cypress. 636 Cypress, and the website is? Shockboxproject.com. Shockboxproject.com. That's S H O C K B O X X. The box has two Double X's. Double X. Double X. Joe. Has two X's. Ra- Joe, wrap us up here. We uh, we're running low on time. It's been a fantastic uh, uh, show because we've been talking about Hermosa history, uh, the influence of the South Bay or Hermosa in particular. Uh, on the rest of the world and, and, and culturally, we're just so thrilled to have you both with us. Michael Collins, Laura Schuler, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Thanks for doing what you do. You guys, are. <clears throat> thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being uh, uh, a, a, a critical part of the Hermosa scene and the history of Hermosa. And, of course, thank you, Jackie. Always a pleasure, Joe. That's our show, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you tomorrow for Manhattan Beach Chamber 360 at 8 a.m. Join us tomorrow. Bye-bye.